In 2002 and 2003, I failed dismally. In fact, looking back at my life, the two failures I experienced during this period are arguably the biggest failures I have ever achieved. Yes, I know, I achieved a failure. And I'm totally proud of those failures. Hello, welcome to the Half Hour with Jonah Mungoshi. And today we are talking failing forward. Let me take you back to the year 2002. So there I was, August 2002, in a massive auditorium in San Antonio, Texas, in the U.S. of A, in front of an audience of about 2,000 people. Boy, was I going to dazzle them with my brilliance. I'd prepared a knockout speech. I was ready to mesmerize them with my eloquence, and I was sure I would walk away the world champion of public speaking for 2002. So sure was I that moments before I went on stage, I had phoned my boss at my old workplace. I was then an executive in one of the major banks in this country, and I told my boss that I am resigning from my job because in a matter of hours, I will be crowned the world champion of public speaking, and... I'm sorry, but I won't need that job because I'll be in demand to speak to audiences throughout the world. Well, what happened? They started by announcing the winner in third place and then second place and then first place. I hadn't made it first, so I wasn't the world champion of public speaking. I hadn't made it in second place, so I wasn't the runner-up. I was the second runner-up. I had come third in the World Championship of Public Speaking. And boy, was I crushed. I actually cried. I literally shed tears. Because there's a world of difference between number one and number three. Let's talk about 2003. I worked for it. I rehearsed. I practiced. I even changed my diet regime. I went on endurance training just to be ready for it. What was I preparing for? I was preparing for breaking the Guinness World Record for the longest talk. And in April of 2003, I spoke nonstop for 36 hours in an attempt to break the Guinness World Record. And I was totally proud of myself when I achieved that monumental feat. Well, I then submitted my claim to Guinness World Record, supported by the report from all the assessors we had been taking turns to attend the speech and to note down that I was adhering to the guidelines. Guinness then came back to me and they said, well done for speaking for 36 hours. That's amazing. But unfortunately for you, someone in India has spoken for 52 hours. I was crushed. Have you ever failed at that level? Have you attempted something so big, so massive, that you wonder whether you'll be able to survive the failure? Well, in the space of two consecutive years, I had achieved two monumental failures. So why am I proud of them? Because I have since learned that failure is the breakfast of champions. There's an urban legend that Elon Musk, before he went on his amazing journey as an entrepreneur, he decided to live on one dollar a day, one US dollar a day. And he realized that he could actually survive on one US dollar a day. And he said, once I realized that, I was able to venture into any business that I wanted. Because I knew even if the worst comes to the worst, I could live on one US dollar a day. You look at Strive Masiwa, we all know the success he has achieved as a business person. 
But how many of you know that he actually achieved some failures before he got to where he is? And yet most of us are so scared of failure that we won't venture to do those things that give us a chance to achieve success. So this is what I'm talking about today. Failing forward. If you analyze it, you realize that although I failed big time, I had not gambled. I didn't emerge from the failure owing anybody anything. So there's a wise way of attempting your big ventures, your big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAG, and there's a foolish way of doing it. The foolish way is to gamble. The wise way is to do it big time, but with minimum risk. So this is what I'll be talking about. Join me on the other side as we unpack this topic, failing forward. Glenda, good afternoon. It's always good to have you on the show, eh? Good afternoon, Glenda. How are you doing? Oh, my God. You know, I did uh, listen to that, and I was like, I wanted to find out really what happened. You called your boss and said, But I'm trying to figure out what happened after that, because you didn't make it to number one. You were number three, day. If you want to know what happened, stay tuned. I will reveal it towards the end. <laughs> But it's great to have you on the yeah. show. Failing it's awesome. Forward. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. Failing forward is what we're talking about today, Jonah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many people coming through and saying, wow, that is powerful. Failing forward. Hashtag. Uh, I love uh, Jonah's uh, points there. Uh, this is uh, Derek. My Matipa Osho, loving that. Uh, Francisca also saying, Jonah. Uh, my coach, well done. I love it. So, yeah, so many messages coming in for you. But, hey, let's talk about the consequences of ignoring failures. What right. are some of uh, the consequences that right. come by? I, I think, you know, there are basically two messages that I am sharing today. And the messages, on the face of it, apparently look contradictory. On the one hand, I'm saying you need to fail. It's important to fail. If you're not failing, you're not trying, you're not venturing, you're not getting out of your comfort zone. So you need to fail. Otherwise, you'll just stay wherever you are. Because the only way you will know your limits is when you try something and you don't hit the goal that you've set out to do. So that's the one message. You need to fail. The second message I'm giving you is there's a wise way of failing and there's a foolish way of failing. So you really need to distinguish the two. Because to... To somebody who is uninformed, it might look like they are the same, but they are actually, there's actually a world of difference between the kind of risks you are taking on and even the probability of success. So that's really what I want to try and, uh, and, and analyze and, and split and make sure that people walk out of here, uh, walk away from this program, uh, inspired to take chances and to get out of their comfort zones, but to do it in a wise way rather than a foolish way. Am I making sense? Are you following me? Do you catch my drift? I, I, I catch your drift. I catch your drift. <laughs> but you're saying you were, because like a lot of us gamble. So it's, um, it's a matter of understanding uh, mm-hmm. why are you taking that risk and some risks uh, will will be more of a gamble than anything. Mm-hmm. Because we are able to understand successful uh, entrepreneurs take risks. But uh, there's a difference. So you need to unpack this for us so that we understand. No problem. Let me share with you four factors that are important in determining the difference between gambling and non-gambling ventures. So the four factors are, let me give them to you up front, and then I'll explain each one. Number one is common sense. 
I call it common sense. Number two, personal outcome control. Personal outcome control. Number three, probability of success. Probability of success. And number four, severity of failure. Severity of failure. So let's start with number one. Whatever venture you want to go into, and I'm talking here particularly with reference to business ventures, you need to make sure that it makes sense, common sense. It is reasonable. Don't be so infatuated with your idea that you don't critically analyze it. There are things that just don't add up. So if you're going to make a ton of money very easily, why aren't so many people doing the same thing? Ask yourself that. If it's too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true, so it ain't true. So reasonableness is something that is very difficult to teach people, but a lot of people realize it wasn't reasonable after an Iowa. And so, no, but it, it actually didn't make sense. It didn't add up. Jonah, I'd lost you for a bit there, but uh, you were talking about distinguishing between gambling and non-gambling. And uh, you spoke about the first point being common sense. Uh, take us through this as we uh, get down with your list. No problem. So let me just uh, recap because I'm not too sure where I was when I got cut off. On the common sense, I said things you have to get into uh, a venture that is reasonable. That makes sense. So, for example, if you're going to make a lot of money with very little effort, then ask yourself, why aren't more people doing it? Uh, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. There's really no free lunch and sometimes free lunch is the most expensive you can imagine. If it's too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true, and it's no true. So common sense requires you to think critically, soberly, and not to get overly excited. Don't get infatuated by your dreams, by your idea. Bring yourself down to earth and think what could go wrong with this, and then analyze it. So that's common sense. Are we together? Am I still connected? Yeah, 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 we're getting Fantastic. you loud and clear. <laughs> right, moving on to number two is personal outcome control. With personal outcome control, we are saying the ventures where your own contribution determines to a great extent the outcome are more non-gambling ventures. The ventures where your own personal contribution has very little influence on the outcome are more of gambling ventures. And I looked at the two. Uh, examples that I gave you at the beginning. When I went for the World Championship of Public Speaking, that was more gambling than Guinness World Record. Why? Because the outcome of the Guinness World Record was determined by me. I had to train, endure, and just make sure I can last for 36 hours and my voice will make it over 36 hours. On the other hand, taking part in a competition like I did was dependent upon 18 judges, probably middle-class white people from mostly from the U.S. and Canada because Toastmasters were split into nine regions, eight of them in U.S. and Canada, and one called the rest of the world. So that was more gambling. And I'm saying, think about what you're doing. To what extent does your personal contribution, your knowledge, your skills, your expertise determine the outcome? If you're not determining the outcome at a personal level, then it is moving more towards the gambling side. Are we together so far? Following, we hear you, we hear you. <laughs> right. Number three was probability uh -huh. of success. So probability of success, yes. You are looking at precedence. Whatever you want to do, is there precedence where it's been done before? So as much as I am an advocate of innovation, of creativity, it is actually safer to do something that other people are doing. 
or other people have done. You could do it differently. You don't have to do it exactly the same. But, you know, there's an old saying among entrepreneurs that uh, pioneers return with arrows in their backsides. So when you start completely new, you are really paying the school fees for people who will follow after you because they will learn from your experience. So if you want to minimize the risk, try something that is already working. Maybe find a way of doing it better, doing it differently. You want to look under probability of success, look for evidence. Is there evidence that this works? You know, recently I got into a foolish decision that I made uh, to install uh, internet service, additional internet service at my house using satellite from a reputable company whose name I won't mention. I did the common sense check and said, no, they're already offering me another service and it's working really well. What could possibly go wrong? And you know what I didn't do? I didn't ask them for a list of contacts or customers who are using the service. And when they offered me the service, it was pathetic with a capital P. And I had to say, please disconnect this. It ain't working and you're charging me too much money. But there, I didn't look for evidence. I should have looked for evidence. I should have spoken to people who are doing what I wanted to do. When I went for the World Championship of Public Speaking, I looked for previous winners of the World Championship for Public Speaking, and I asked them how they did it and how it was like. And in a way, I kind of got evidence of uh, what would work and what would not work. Lastly, severity of failure. Don't go for broke. Don't go for broke. Just because you're so excited about your business idea, I can tell you a story about one gentleman. He was working for a leading uh, packaging company many years ago uh, in marketing. He was the marketing director, pretty successful in that position. But there's a difference between being an employee, even if you're a manager or managing director, and being an entrepreneur. There's a world of difference. So he decided to leave and start his own company. And you know how he launched the company? He went on a, on a, on a houseboat in Kariba, uh, flew a whole party of people, including the drinks that he wanted over there, and they had a big do to celebrate before he even had one single client. Came back, tried the, to run the business, and it fell flat on its face. So the severity of the failure is what are you betting? Don't bet. Uh, unless you're really sure, you know. So don't go and do something that will leave you wiped out completely, totally, if it goes wrong. Because there's always the possibility that despite every check you've done, dotting every I, crossing every T, something will go wrong. So don't go for broke. Don't do things that will wipe you out if they go wrong. What do you stand to lose? Make sure there's room for you to have a plan B, C, D, E, and F rather than going straight to the grave because you've signed your own death certificate by gambling everything you've got. So those are the four factors that you should take into account considering is this a gamble or a non-gambling venture? Common sense, personal outcome control, probability of success, and severity of failure. Let me mm -hmm. pause at this point. All right, so I hear you. Someone comes through and says, good Zona. Uh, sometimes uh, business, and uh, you've seen others succeeding in it, making money from it, and then you try out, but uh, it doesn't quite work out. And what would have gone, in, uh, gone wrong in this regard? Because you spoke about doing a bit of research and looking at probability of I've checked it out because you know and I think it's I'm a bit of an advantage or and others are actually making money out of it. And when I try out it just doesn't pay out. Uh, I can take you back to a song by the headmaster. Do you know the headmaster? I know him. Zimbabwean musician with it. There's a song, you know, there's a song that he sang, which says, "Vano fumira kumara ini vajitenge sade seva mwe asicha buda pan." So, and then he says, "Usavenge mwe wakuchinodi wakuronga." The actual problem is you. 
you, you'll be the problem to yourself. So there might be habits that you have got. There might be a certain way of doing things. So that's why it's of critical importance to self-analyze and understand yourself. Of course, I know this is a very superficial answer given very little information, but I'm saying the probability that you are the problem if others are succeeding is very high because that's the only thing that has changed. I mean, your style of management, if you're managing people, or your style of handling clients and customers, and I could tell you horror stories in Zimbabwe of how people don't value customers. So uh, maybe you don't relate with money very well. The moment you get money, you know, they say money talks. Maybe yours is good limited vocabulary. All it knows to say is goodbye because you enrich everybody else around you and you get overly excited. So a lot of it has to do with you as a person. And not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone. There are people who, unfortunately, are greatly disadvantaged if, if they try to be entrepreneurs by nature of their own character or personality. And that is it. That is you know when new people speak to us, you always say do your own thing. So people are thinking, okay, regarding what I own business, but you say you not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. And then I beg to differ there. There are people who are just not cut out for it, and uh, you might be better working for somebody else. There are certain qualities that I mean, it could be subject of another discussion another day uh, that, mm-hmm. that that are important for an entrepreneur. And uh, if if you really cannot self-manage, then it'll be very difficult for you to run to run your own enterprise. And and I say to people, even uh, some of the habits that you develop, I've seen people who are ten percenters. They're working for someone else, but they're giving ten percent. You're working for capital, and you're giving ten percent because they only give me a little money. Well, you do that for five years, ten years, fifteen years, you become a ten percenter. That habit is deeply ingrained in you. It's part of you, like bad breath. And when you leave and try to start your organization, guess what? You take that habit with you, and you you are committing suicide. So yeah, it's not for everybody. I'm sorry to say. All right. Someone says, why is failing forward important? And right. uh, what are some of the tips uh, that you you can share with us about uh, failing forward? Failing forward is important because when you're failing forward, you're moving from where you are to where you want to be. If you are contented with your situation and you don't complain, you are not regretting where you are, you are not envious of those who are achieving what you think you could achieve if you applied yourself, then it's fine. But if you'd like to grow from where you are to another level, you have to fail forward. You have to venture out. When you've got a baby, the baby starts off not able to sit and they have to learn to sit and they fall so many times. They are failing forward. But do they give up? No. And then they learn to stand. And as they're learning to stand up, they will fall many times. I don't even know any parent who has counted and say, my baby has fallen a hundred times, they'll give up. No, you continue to do it. You're failing forward because that is how you grow. Once they are able to stand, they learn to walk. And guess what? They will fail. I don't know how many times. So it's the same with humanity. If you're not growing, you are dying. And some people die at 20, but are only buried at 90 something when they stop breathing, when their heart stops pumping. So failing forward is important because that's how you grow. And that's how you create impact in the world. That's why how you positive contribute to an ever-advancing civilization and make a difference in other people's world. So in terms of uh, the the elements, I mean, I've already spoken about gambling versus non-gambling. Maybe let me touch on some of the personal elements that you can rely on on this journey. You need to rely on knowledge. 
the knowledge that you have. Build on the knowledge that you have. And if you don't have sufficient knowledge in an area you're interested in, acquire that knowledge. All that money you are spending buying WhatsApp bundles only to send nonsensical videos, you could use it to learn online. And there are so many free courses you can take online right now for very little. The skills that you have, you try out things. Skill comes from trying getting it wrong, going back to the drawing board, finding out what you did wrong, trying again. You will not become an excellent presenter like my sister Glenda here unless you try it. Maybe you record oh yourself God. at home. And then you, <laughs> so your skill, your experience, your proven expertise, I could go on and on. But I think we're running out of time by now. Uh, but anyway, I need to understand as well before you go, because a lot of people were asking Kutuzu, now Wangwa Shumbonya for 36 hours as well. Okay. We wanted to understand okay. what happened let, at, right, at okay. the job. All right, let, let me, right, with the job, when I phoned my boss and I told him that I was quitting my job, at that point I was Deputy Executive Director of Marketing and Sales, he said, it's okay, I accept your resignation, I'm just, uh, hello, you still there? Just me? Yeah, I'm following. He said, I am suspending it. I'm holding it until as soon as you have won the world championship, <laughs> I, want, I want to be the first person that you phone. So once you have phoned me and, and you confirm you have won it, then I'll process your resignation. And of course, it's the first person I phoned and said, you know that resignation? Well, I've had a rethink. <laughs> I'm coming back to my job. <laughs> right. Wow. And then concerning the world championship, I spoke on the topic none but ourselves. None but ourselves can free our minds from Bob Marley's redemption song. And I was just mm -hmm. looking at applying the concepts of personal improvement to every aspect of our lives in terms of education, raising kids, marriage, entrepreneurship, women's empowerment, you name it. I had 18 subtopics of two hours each uh, over the 36-hour period. Okay, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, you tried. I mean, I told you you didn't come first, uh, but... Uh, a lot of people uh, say a win is a win, whether you come third or well, second. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I was depressed for a while. And then when I looked at it, and, and somebody actually spoke to me and said, listen, there are people who are making a living in this expert industry who are masquerading as experts in different areas and, and speaking. And they, do, they haven't even done a quarter of the things you have done. For you to look upon this is really stupid and silly. You have come third, not in a country, not in a continent, but in the whole world. Do you realize there's no other level above that where there's human life, you know, unless we talk the universe. So, yeah, after a while I realized, no, it's actually not so bad. It's not so shabby. And I should be thankful that I got this opportunity to be the first African to be placed in the top three positions of the World Championship of Public Speaking. So I embraced it just as I embraced my 36-hour attempt. And it has since, you know, done wonders for me, but that's a subject for another day. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so uh, I know there are people that uh, will try out something and get demotivated. I'm hoping as well that uh, someone has been inspired today. But what would be your final words, really, around failing forward? Because I know that there are people that then give up, yeah. throw in the towel and not even think about trying again. My final words would be that don't overestimate what you can do in the short term and underestimate what you can do in the long term. So in the short term, be willing to accept small successes. But as long as those successes are consistent and incremental, you'll see great growth in the long term. Fail forward intelligently. Nice one. 
right, so we have the battle as usual. Uh, you get to choose a song, and then we play a snippet of it, and I choose a song, and then uh, drop a snippet of it. And then people get to vote for the song that they'd rather hear from start to end. You chose Rise from uh, Gabrielle. Why that one, before I tell you who won? Uh, no! The moment you say that, I don't think I've won. <laughs> <laughs> I, I chose Rise because Rise is about failing forward. You are rising from whatever setback you have encountered, and you are getting up to fight another round. And you're realizing that just because you have hit a stumbling block, it ain't the end of the world. Indeed, it's never the end of the world. You've got to pick yourself up. It's not about how many times you fall. It's about how you get up, dust yourself, and try again. Uh, I chose Rise Up, uh, Andrew Day, because uh, I think it's about uh, exactly what we've been talking about today, that we're fighters. We need to continue to move forward no matter what we face in life. Things will always fall into place if we keep trying and keep moving. We will move mountains. So, Great. So who won? I won. I think this election is rigged. It is. So we need to have you in studio so that you know we have as well, but independent, what, what. Yeah, I think that's why I, I, I should be there. You because you're well. taking part in the competition and you are also the person who's counting the votes. Mm-mm, I smell a rat. All right, so you're coming in. You have to come in next week. We have to do this live in studio. Let me see what my program is like. But uh, if I'm free, I'll definitely come in. All right, so we'll catch up with you next week. And uh, always a pleasure. We've learned a thing or two as usual. We enjoy your sessions and uh, looking forward to having you next week. Great. Thank you so much. Take care and fail forward. Nice one. And uh, this is...